0: What is up, Gridwisers? Welcome back to yet another podcast. It's Jay here, and I've got a special guest for us all today. I'd like to introduce one of my coworkers, the lovely Sarah. Hello. And she is, Sarah, what is your role here at
1: Gridwise? I'm a mobile engineer, so yes. I make like the user interface that you guys use to track your miles mm-hmm. and find more earnings and stuff. It's super fun.
0: Yeah, we have our first technical guest on the show today. Today's episode, today's gridwise topics, we're gonna to talk about a bunch of cool things, Sarah. We got number one on the list, we have Juno, the rideshare hailing app in New York City. I believe that was the third the third largest rideshare hailing app. So in addition to Uber, obviously number one Lyft. Juno was third. Close for business.
1: I was so sad to hear that. Mm-hmm. I I used to live in New York. I used Juno all the time. It was great. Yeah. The drivers seemed in a better mood when they picked me up in it because they liked it better. Yeah. I love Juno.
0: And Apparently they were driver centric and a lot of newer drivers, newer city drivers love Juno. So we'll talk a lot about that. Second topic that we have for today is yet another phishing scam, another scam. You won't believe what these, what these scammers go through the lengths. And then as, you know, the reason why we have Sarah as a guest is she's an engineer and you'd have a lot to say about cybersecurity um, issues about, and know. scamming and yeah. phishing. And then final but not least, we were talking about, this is just a four fun topic. Apparently, apparently, Uber Eats drivers in Washington, DC are getting uh flashed.
1: Oh my god.
0: I know. How gross. Okay. Oh my god. So some of the new initiatives that we've done uh for, for GridWise, and uh, Sarah was actively mm-hmm. a part of this process, is we did some we did some updates to the user interface. Yeah,
1: we um updated the weather widget so it's clearer, um uh better iconography. Mm-hmm. Um also we put a weather widget on the events page, so say if, you know, you, it's, it's Tuesday, you see there's, like, a ball game uh, Thursday, you can see, like, oh, it's going to rain, though, so, like, who's going to go to this? Like, I don't know, I don't know. Or maybe there'll be more uh, rideshare drivers because there's rain. Or because there's whatever. I'll tell you right now,
0: I make some of the best money when it rains. Oh,
1: interesting. is
0: the reason why, I think twofold, people don't want to walk in the
1: rain. Mm. So you have Mm
0: -hmm. more people calling short rides that they normally wouldn't call.
1: Yeah, they'd like walk or take public transit. And then you know
0: how surge works. Like if there's more people calling more demand Mm -hmm. than there's supply as drivers, then there tends to be more surge. Also, in our city, traffic just... Comes yeah. to a standstill when there's inclement weather. So That's when there's true. precipitation. Those tunnels there's,
1: and like snow or something. Yeah. And
0: yeah. I feel like gridlock and increased traffic also increases the amount of time that people spend in rideshare cars, mm-hmm. right? Because you're stuck in traffic. And that, number one, check this out, takes drivers off the road because they're, they're stuck on a trip.
1: Oh. So decreases yeah. supply. Right.
0: And then it also increases demand mm-hmm. because people are taking longer to get to places. Yeah. So that coupled with the fact that people are calling more rides, you know, mm-hmm. boosts, t- that tends to be surge. What I do is I use destination filtering for long trips to the airport. Oh,
1: that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Okay.
0: So, Uber drivers, gridwise users, make sure you use weather to the best of your advantage. Yeah, on events. Yeah. It's so on events now and also on the front page. Yeah. We pull this from uh, – what do we pull this uh, from? Dark Sky. So, this is like industry-leading
1: yeah, yeah. It's commercial like, grade. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's very fine-grained. Yeah.
0: So, it's very it's not just – uh,
1: Yeah, Yeah, we don't just like – we didn't just guess. It it's not it's Brandon. Really it's not Brandon
0: in the background <laughs> typing it in like his weather. Brandon's weather yeah. reports, right? yeah.
1: Yeah, know. Oh, by the way, that's a new feature we can add on. Uh, Speaking
0: next release. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon, for those of you wondering where Brandon is, Brandon is uh, Sarah. Where's Brandon?
1: He's in Egypt. He's on
0: vacation. I
1: can't wait to see pictures of him like next to the pyramids. Uh,
0: he's literally at King Tut's tomb right now.
1: Wow, that's wild. Mm. I would. He should. He's too bad. He isn't. Nah. He isn't vidcasting from there.
0: Yes. Yeah. Starting with Juno, Juno. So a little background history on Juno. Juno, obviously, third largest rideshare company, but they only operated in New York City. So third largest in New York City. They were founded in 2016 and 2017 uh, on the idea that we're going to be driver-centric, driver-focused. We're going to be paying our drivers more than the other rideshare companies, more fair. And, and I know you said you uh, talked with a lot of drivers in New York City. That were were telling you to
1: use Juno. Yeah, I remember um, the first time. I guess I was in a lift, and um, a driver was like, "Hey, do you care about like driver rights?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah. yeah, of course." he was like, "You should use Juno because first of all, the drivers are better because you have to have at least like a four point five rating or four point seven. I forget exactly what it was." He's like, "The drivers are better, and they pay us more fairly, and everyone loves it." Um, uh-huh. So I immediately downloaded it. It was the wait times were. Comparable to Uber and Lyft.
0: Oh, that's that's Fairs, important.
1: Fares were comparable, and honestly, I feel—I like, mean, maybe it's my imagination—but drivers seemed like in a better mood when they picked me up in it. So I was like, "Cool, I'll use Juno." And, and the fact, better.
0: yeah, the fact was, the one thing I want to point out is that they immediately sold you on Juno. Yeah, and you had called a a Lyft.
1: Yeah, I called a Lyft. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so get this—I read online that uh, Juno is so driver-centric, and part of I guess their marketing tactic uh, was to. Was to be more fair to drivers because the idea yeah. is if you pay the drivers and you not just pay, you treat the drivers better, they're just gonna work, we're, we're gonna market for you. Yeah. Right? And that's what happened in New York City. Be, drivers were marketing this new service, this third alternative service, w- when picking up passengers with Uber and Lyft. Because let's face it, you really can't escape, even though they are, you know, not, not very held in high regard to drivers' uh, mindsets, you still can't get away from using Uber or Lyft. Because they are the, the largest in those cities in terms of ridership and also market share. Um, but they were acquired by a bigger company in 2017 called Get. Now Get is an Israeli based company and they focus on what what we call in our industry the corporate transportation sector. So corporate transportation, the entire industry and the market as a whole is worth one trillion dollars. Oh my- so there's a ton, I mean, a trillion, is a, that's a huge that's a market. Huge.
1: That's huge, like, that's like a number, I, it's like, yeah. when people try to explain, I can't
0: even imagine. One trillion dollar market, huge, wow. wild, there is a money involved in this. So, Get is, I think, currently valued somewhere north of 3.5, a billion dollars. Wow. So they are a big company and they have the resources to acquire Gino. Now, rumors had it that, why would an international company want to acquire a smaller rideshare company in one city in the yeah, United clear. States, and I think Sarah because they they wanted to establish a foothold, mm. sort of like a beachhead, mm-hmm. in the United in the United States market, yeah. which is where rideshare stems from. Yeah, and they did that. Their entry point was Juno, and obviously this did not work out. Now Juno blames this, or Get blames this on uh, all the initiatives and policies that were enacted in new york city at the time
1: interesting so
0: new york city implemented these minimum wage guarantees
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for ride hailing apps and if you're going to implement minimum wage guarantees you're going to increase operational costs Uh and for juno they were only getting twenty-three thousand rides per day oh and that is about three percent of the total rides per day that Comprises the entire New York City market. Interesting. So imagine Uber and Lyft getting 90 cent, the rest of the pie, and they're only you know, getting a small sliver. Yeah. What's going to be affected? Who's going to be more affected by increased operational costs? Juno. Juno. They simply couldn't weather the store. All the good out here, let us know in the comment section below. I know this, when we send this podcast, I know we have viewers that are in New York City right now. If you currently are in New York City and you have driven for Juno, we really want to hear your feedback on, on what your thoughts about this are and in terms of what Juno you know was to you, what it meant to you. Was it a better platform? Or was it a worse platform? Or was it neutral? And how is this going to affect you? Are you going to drive solely for Uber and Lyft? Have you, are you looking for an exit strategy elsewhere? These are all the things that we would like to hear. Again, comment section below. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the channel. I believe it's this direction, bottom right corner, tap that notification bell, give this a share with your other fellow rideshare drivers and your Facebook groups, whatever, and hit that like button. New scam that's going on everybody, and I'm just gonna read it for you. A new phishing scam. I was driving to my last pickup last night, and I get a message. The message said, my phone is at 1%, call this number when you get to the location. So the driver here thought, This makes total sense. You know, how many times have you and I, we've used the Uber or Lyft apps and we've had no battery. Could be just a passenger without his phone charge, whatever. On his way to this passenger, Sarah, he gets a call. He gets a call from a random number. The scammer's number that says, hey, your account has been flagged. Impersonating Uber support, like whoa we need to give you a call and, and talk about this so he was like triggered like emotionally that's,
1: like, uh, that's frightening.
0: like why am i flagged and they they get on the phone and he's like oh your picture doesn't look like the picture that we have on file now i don't know if you notice but drivers are now because of all the safety issues we're required to take like this selfie from time to time yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah. Yeah, I, I normally like i i, I mean i check yeah, i check
0: exactly so i would be like i would be kind of fooled at that point yeah. i'd be like oh well this makes total sense like battery's dead Get a call that I'm flagged. Okay, that makes sense. I don't look like the picture. That's a very valid reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, and then they proceeded to talk and confirm the driver's name, mm-hmm. the pickup location, the the license plate of the car. Oh, yeah. But okay. keep in mind that all of this is information. Available
1: in exactly, from because the passenger side. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Because, I mean, the passenger app shows you everything, mm-hmm. including what you look like. What this guy, what this scammer has done is he he's saying, okay... Thank you for your time. We're going to reward you with a $50 promotion, like, like cash out. In order to use this cash out, you got to input this, uh, this this promo code into your into your debit card line, and then hit cash out. Now I know you know a lot of drivers right now are thinking oh you know how can you fall for this but think about it in the heat of the moment
1: yeah you're tired I was like you know don't, don't know what point of his shift he was at he was probably tired just exactly. like sick of you know all the just wanted to get it over with mm-hmm. like oh finally I'm being rewarded for this and like all this like, yeah annoying stuff and I want to
0: yeah. add that these scammers target drivers towards the end of the night mm-hmm. towards the end of the weekend because that's when driver earnings are typically the highest. Um, because some drivers like to build up that little that paycheck before that cash out for that big you know, lump sum of cash. So you can imagine like end of the shift, you're kind of tired, you've been doing this all day, you're not really thinking clearly, you just right. want the day to be over with yeah. like Sarah said. So yeah, they, they tell you cash out 50 bucks enter this promo code. Coincidentally, this promo code just happens to be a 16-digit promo code. Which, as we know, what else is sixteen digits?
1: Credit card numbers. Exactly. Debit card numbers. So
0: you enter in that debit card information, on the promo code. You hit cash out. You lose your money. Luckily for this driver, reported to Uber. Uber was not able to recover the funds, but luckily Uber said, you know what? We're just going to reverse the charges. We'll, we'll, so Uber ate the cost, which they should. As they a business, should. They, they should. should. Eat yeah, because the
1: they're not protect. They're not protecting. Thank you. Yeah, like they're not—they're not protecting the driver from this kind of thing. Yeah, they're like—they don't make it clear what's the support call, what's not. I mean, they need to. It's good they stood up.
0: For Sarah them. brought up a good point. Should and what is? I don't think Uber is. I mean, I'm still an active driver. The worst part is Uber has the ability to send notifications in app, but the only notifications I've ever gotten, Sarah, are for like promos.
1: Oh, that's so dumb. Because again, my bank sends me emails like all the time, warning me about how like not to get fished, yeah. how not to do this, how not because like. Fishers are out there. So yeah, they tried to fish me this morning for my social security number and stuff. Hold
0: on a second. Let's talk more about that.
1: What happened? I just I got a call from Texas, and I think I have a couple of friends who live in Texas, so I was like, cool. So I picked it up, and then this lady was like, like, um, I see you've just applied for a background check for a job, like you. Your social security number matches that of like a known violent felon. If you if this isn't you, like to get it wiped, call this number now. We just have to confirm some personal details. And luckily, I know I'm not applying for a job. Right. And, like I also know, like I'm the only person with my name in the country. So, like I, there's enough stuff that was wrong that it was. Uh huh. But like, imagine if you were someone with a really common name who was applying for a job. Like I've had background check. Like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she wanted me to call back with personal information. Um, and luckily, like that particular combination of stuff this morning didn't like hit home but uh-huh. it could have and then i like yeah. i could have gotten identity thieved.
0: yeah yeah so so does this happen like how many like fishy calls do you typically get it
1: um, I mean, I guess I've only gotten like four or five in my life. It's kind of strange that one happened this morning. Um, cause I knew we were going to talk about this. It was weird, but yeah. That is very strange. It was very strange. I was, so I was like extra on my guard against that's being like, fished. That's
0: like talking about something on your phone. And then if you have the, like Facebook is listening on Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And then
1: yeah. Facebook's all of a sudden like, do you want this jacket? You were just talking about. Yeah, we, we were just talking about. about <laughs> yeah.
0: so it's like you were talking about fishing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, boom. Uh, no. yeah. Do you think, what do you what are your thoughts about what Uber could do? And I guess the low-hanging fruit is just to send an app notification to all drivers, like, "Hey, there's a, a new phishing scam going around in your area." We will never contact you.
1: Yeah, they yeah. should, like, they should, like, you know, like even my bank sends emails all the time saying things like, "They will never ask me for." When they send um, verification codes, they always say at the end of the ver- verification code, "Like, we will never ask you for this code." Um, I think even just educating drivers about like what passengers know about you, what's publicly available. Mm. So, because yeah. I don't know, I mean, I don't know how many drivers. I don't know what the percentage statistics of like how many drivers use the app as a passenger. Also, because mm-hmm. like if someone called me up, knew my license plate, knew my this, knew my that, I might think like I would kind of assume they were official. But you know, just yeah. like educating yeah. drivers about like what's out there, and also even just educating drivers about like okay, if you do receive a call from Uber, what will it sound like? What will we do?
0: Yeah. So that's that's awesome. that's interesting because i was just thinking about as you were, as you were talking about your your perspective on this i was thinking about um from an engineering you know standpoint how hard is it to send out a notification like that
1: uh, not hard
0: <laughs> like it doesn't require <laughs> it, like, hours of code right?
1: no no i mean once you have the notification infrastructure set up it takes about a minute and a half
0: and uber it does
1: has, yeah they, yeah uber it's in the driver, within I have, their power they have I mean, their, yeah they, Many of the major tech security breaches have actually been um, not actually hacking, but what they call like soft hacking, which is just like calling up people on the telephone, like actual human people, and cajoling passwords and things out of them. It's not even like, the te- it's not even like that there are these like, I mean, yeah. of course there are like, like hackers on computers hacking, but there's also a lot of the most major um, national security breaches and stuff mm-hmm. have been people repeatedly calling up. Um, like AT and T or other agencies until they get, um, personally identifiable information. You know, like, hey, I'm Sarah. Like, I Mm -hmm. forgot my PIN number. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, like my husband's gonna be so mad at me. Can Mm -hmm. you just help me out? Can Mm -hmm. you just like give me this thing? And like, Mm -hmm. if you you know, a couple people will tell you no. A couple people will tell you, oh, blah blah blah. But people will keep calling and try to hack like in like a a soft or personal way Mm -hmm. and that's actually one of the hardest um kinds of phishing to avoid because even that's why they added you'll notice a lot of times when you get verification codes texted to you at the end they'll say your bank will never ask you for this code because what used to happen was that you know hackers would figure out your password put that in then it'd be two-step verification the code would come to your phone Uh uh-huh um which is, you know, like, as engineers, that's all we can do is, like, two-step, blah, blah, blah. But then someone would call up that number, because they would know your number, and they'd be like, hey, what's the verification code? Like, I'm... Oh, so they figured I'm that out. I'm Capital One. Like, what's the code? And mm. so someone, like, you know, like, my mom or someone might be like, oh, it's, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Um, and then that soft skill hacker would put the Very number exactly. in. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of stuff you have to watch out for. It's not just, like password breaches through like key tracking Mm -hmm. it's people who sound official or who sound nice or who sound like they're in need of help kind of cajoling personally identifiable information out
0: of you so like it sounds like sounds like this is such a nuanced like scam the scammers will always find a way to to bypass Mm -hmm. so so even 2fa like two-factor authentication can be bypassed because because of the human element behind it, I guess. Yeah,
1: because like you know, if you get a code, and especially in you know, a lot of times like bank stuff, or you know, this is a great example. This mm-hmm. ra- this drives for situations like you're in the middle of a stressful situation. You're trying to get into your bank account. You're trying to like find your passenger. Someone calls up. They sound official. They mm-hmm. sound either sympathetic or like they're trying to help or they're knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And they just get what they need from you. Um, I remember I saw like a a talk from this like hacker at a coding conference once, who said that she. Um, the best way she ever practices hacking is she tries to think, okay, I'm at a hotel and I want to get the key card to a room that isn't mine. Wait, what? How, cause like she says, it's like, shows you like strategies for how you can use personal like sympathy, search so like she'll look at like all the, the clerks behind the desk of the hotel, like, okay, who's the one who maybe has like a trainee badge on? Who's the one who seems like you know like he most wanted he might want to be the most helpful, right? Um, and like I mean it's sad like it's sad because it's like you're putting on like, the nicest person yeah. to try to get something, but it's like bad actors like look for people who look trusting and nice and they like to say things like oh I have this big room on the corner mm-hmm. I can't remember the. the the, the number, and I'm like, "Room 330? Was it room 335?" Oh yeah, it was room 335. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're Samantha? Oh yeah, Samantha. Like, yeah. It's like that kind of people can just cajole you into it, and that's people forget that there's like a human element to all technology that can be easily hacked.
0: That is, I guess, that's the key point: is uh, stay on your toes because yeah. as we can't eliminate the human element, and the human element is what causes the scammers to win. Yeah. So public service announcement: don't don't get hacked, don't get scammed yeah. by uh, these Uber thieves, don't these scammers. Done. So uh, moving on, uh, the third topic we want to talk about was uh, – it's kind of like a fun, lighthearted topic. So Uber Eats drivers, uh, the way Uber Eats works, you get this delivery, you pick it up, and then you go to the address. And mm-hmm. then you literally have to walk to the front door and meet the passenger mm-hmm. – or not passenger, the the customer. So people would – and the chances are it's like somebody's house. So these, these people that order food will open the door but ace naked. Ugh. And you said you had a friend who's I had. So
1: I had a friend who was, she was running for um, uh, city council in Boston. And she said a few times men would come to the door in bathrobes and flash her. And she said, like, actually, ah. like, the one time she, like, really broke down campaigning, like, she was, like, really like, campaigning hard, oh like, for God. months. You know, she's, like, some guy answered the door naked and then said a bunch of, like, you know, not nice things to her. And she was, like, how is this such a... Like, it's such a gross thing, but it's, like, I mean, not common. She knocked on, like, thousands of doors, but it was too, it was happening too much. And that happened at all, and it happened multiple, like, it was, but it's happening is too much.
0: Yeah, the fact that it's even happening once is too much. One
1: time is too much.
0: So, this guy, you know, credit to, against the wonderful community, uh, the Reddit Uber drivers community. I love reading everything about it. Uh, We found all of this on that. Another fully naked Uber Eats delivery. So the keyword word here is another. So this is like a yeah, repeat. Like, who is, people are people are doing this like all the time? Is this common in your era? I'm in Washington DC. So any DC drivers out there? <laughs> I know there's. I know we got New York City drivers. We got Pittsburgh drivers. I know we got. I know we got DC drivers. Yeah. I, uh, last podcast we had 1,200 views, and I'm sure number wise, one of you have to be in DC. In D.C. Yeah. Can you explain? Can you shed some more light into this? Let us know in the comment section below. And if you are if you are a customer that orders Uber Eats and you're watching this, please put on clothes. Please please put on some some clothes. Anyways, this is it for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, make sure to reward us with that subscribe, notification bell, and also two fat thumbs up. And also warm and awesome thank you so much to Sarah for being our first
1: guest. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun, Janda.
0: Yeah. And you know we'll we'll have Sarah. I'm more than happy to have more of the team on. We have 12 of us now here at Gridwise. Yeah, uh,
1: they're all everyone's fun. Yeah, I love it, the team. The whole team is great. I don't even know how it, it's, they
0: did it. If you guys, if you if you use Gridwise and you have any technical questions about our features or anything, yeah, we'll, we'll let us know in the comment section below, and then we'll ask, try to answer. We'll get Sarah back on another podcast, and we'll try to answer those questions.
1: That would be so fun. Please do that. I would love to.
0: All right, guys.